Warning, this podcast contains horror themes. Please read the warnings in the description before continuing. We hope you have a wonderful existence. The Immortality Ledger, translated from Latin to English. I achieved immortality through blood transfusion of multiple long-lived creatures through a vampire combined with the spell of eternity. So, this is the tether. Interesting. Hello, tether and listener. You may know me as Krylin, the necromancer, or any number of other names you may have heard in Madeline's recounts. You're interesting. Almost as interesting as the energy your Madeline gives off. She is certainly unique. As are you, Deathwalker. Really? It's been less than 24 hours since your last assassination attempt. Well, you can't improve if you don't practice. Or you could just drop it. You're not going to stop, are you? No. Ugh. Fine. Take your best stab at it. But please, for the love of death, hide my body this time. I really don't want to scare another mortician or become a feature on Scientific Weekly. But that'll ruin all my fun. Oh, I'm so sad for you. The tears stream down my face. Whatever shall you do? Ha! 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 Little necromancer, you do not want me to take this personally. Or what? You'll kill me? I thought you were already doing... Sorry, trying to do that. Well, if you'd stop meddling, or just joined the Anti-Orange Cats Incorporated, we wouldn't have to do these spats. I don't even know what you want. Why would I join? Why wouldn't you join me? Oh, gee. Let me think. Maybe it's because your brother personally killed most of my people. Good people. Just because you were scared of our power. Come now. That was a long time ago. To some of us. Hmm, yes. Well, say your goodbyes. I'm going for poisoning today. Care for a drink? Sure. With a side of acid. Oh, hello, Tether. Seemed I interrupted a conversation. How unfortunate. Sorry about not chatting sooner. I might call tonight if I can. Have a splendid evening. Mortality Works has staged Episode 5, Bad Decisions of I Exist. We have made bad choices so you can make better ones. On one hand, I've managed to prolong my existence. On the other hand, I am now indebted to Undead Murderers, a thousand-year-old group of undead murderers. And you know the worst part? The possible murder bit isn't as concerning to me as it should be. When Crowan asked if I knew the rules, I should have said no, but I said yes. Now, if you want to know the truth, I didn't just say yes. I said yes, and then was indignant when Crowan suggested that maybe I didn't. 
I mean, I thought I knew the rules. I thought they were the same as general vampire law, you know? Can't be seen in mirrors, don't drink their blood, stakes and crosses work, and all the other jazz. To summarise, they are not. They are so not. Vampires are nothing like you imagine them. That image you have in your head right now, it is so wrong. It is not even close to right. Hence why I am in debt. Even their physical appearance is wrong. They're not pale, they have normal skin colour, and they are warm. And they have a heartbeat. They might be good looking, but they're just... They just look so normal. Normal t-shirt and jeans. Normal people. So, what exactly did I do? I drank a glass of what I really hope was just wine. And I ate some apple. And they cut open my arm. Twice. They said it was just polite. I call rubbish. I think I was coerced into a deal which I don't know the terms of. Or what I'm even supposed to be exchanging. Honestly, Faelor is more appropriate to describe vampires. You know, don't drink their food, don't dance with them unless you never wish to leave. I passed out after the dancing, and when I woke up, I had a band on my wrist. I was still there with them. They looked happier than before I fainted. However, I think my passing out may have been due to continual dancing rather than anything else. I am going to tell Krellen. I don't want to tell her, but I think she's going to notice regardless, and I need to know exactly what I've done. But, for now, I think... What the... Ow! I hope those bastards... Ow! They better not have... and no help. All they did was show me an empty cell and tell me you were there. They're right though. I paid a friend to look through their online files and you're not listed once. Not even for September's crash. I'm starting to think something bigger is going on. I'm starting to think maybe, maybe whoever has you had their hands on the police force and other government organisations. I think I'm going to need more help to save you. My friend will stick around and Try to get help. I, uh, got a promotion at work, so money's good. Don't stress. Also, a weird person called me. I'm having my friend investigate them. They said they were the leader of the Orange Cat Organization. Whatever that is. And that they wanted to help. I think they just want me off your tail. Keep holding on, Madeline. I will get you out of this. Love you. Bye. The undead arise from coffins. The already dead arise from sleep. The living rise to life. Death by Orange Poet. Book excerpt. Names by Will Heather. Your name is the sound your energy makes. It describes you on a universal level, and also your location within that universe. While people can have the same sounding name as you, no two people can possess the same energy map name as each other. It is important then to keep your name secret to prevent being controlled as sound coupled with your name and instructed by a creature with energy connections outward could have devastating consequences.
absolute. So lucky I passed out in my motel room and not on the street. In other news, and rather distressing news, which I forgot to mention, which Crowan told me before the vampire event, I can't keep my motel room unless I visit it at least once every 12 hours, at least according to our local necromancer. Something about abstract energy attachment and memory? She noticed with the other objects as well. Apparently I'm fading from them, and they're becoming one with their double? If you remember me saying how I just take books and another one appears, well, the other one that appears is actually the book. It's almost like I have a shadow copy. So there's that. Speaking of, I haven't seen Krellen since before the vampires, which is weird. Usually she appears by now. And now I shall stop procrastinating and tell you what happened with the vampires. Let's start with, the vampires branded me. I found it in a book I maybe should have read earlier. Remember when the immortal Jay said about how I was interesting? Welp, according to everyone, I am very interesting, and if I survive this, everyone wants a slice of that power. And I do mean everyone, witches, fairies, dragons, the whole shebang. Yes, there are dragons. Yes, I am totally shocked about this knowledge, even if I don't sound it. Any person who is mythical and or magical wants a slice of my abstract knowledge, whatever that specific energy connection is. Apparently, I'll figure it out. At least that's what Krellen said when I asked her a while back. I hope she's okay. According to our friendly neighborhood necromancer, all magic users have fingerprints. Some just happen to be very good at keeping theirs off everything they touch, like wearing invisible gloves. Right, now I'll tell you about the vampire debacle. I've been putting it off because, well, it's embarrassing. You and I both know I put my foot in a lot. Sometimes it would be very nice to not put my foot in it. You know, everything was fine in the beginning. And by that, I mean the bus trip was pleasant, and I didn't get lost. As soon as I stepped into their threshold, I was screwed. I'm not gonna lie, I was royally screwed. I looked around, and it was as though the landscapes had changed around me. Warping and shifting to reveal an ancient-looking house on a hill, surrounded by a fence that protruded from the ground like a splinter from a thumb. Sharp, painful, and stark against the sky. As I drew closer, the gate framed the house. I have never wanted to run as much in my life as I did right then. I stopped to draw breath, and then I approached the house, moving past the gate, and as I did so, I managed to stumble over the vines that had encroached on the path. The doorbell was a literal bell, which I thought was super cool, and we should totally do that if I can restore my existence somehow. After standing on their porch for a bit, I gathered myself and I tugged the string. The bell sounded. It was still light out, so I expected the door to open automatically with no one on the inside, but instead, all I heard was grumbling and cursing before a man in his late nineties came marching out, swinging the door back and bidding me a hello. I'm ashamed to say that I may have possibly shrieked just like a tiny bit, the man just glared at me and ushered me inside. The interior 
was gorgeous. I'm pretty sure my jaw would have hit the floor if not for physical limitations. Give them a few minutes. They are arguing like children over a new... Toy, the old man drooled. I didn't really know what to say to that, especially since up to this point I'd assumed the old man was one of the vampires. But no, he wasn't. He was their son. At least, that's what he told me. I don't know how long I stood in the entrance hall. I'm not going to lie, there was so much to see. From the beautiful chandelier to the tapestries and the plush rug with a thousand intricate patterns stitched into its surface. I was, well, I was blown away. I jumped when a hand touched my arm. The son gave me a smile. They'll see you now. With that, he showed me to a room that was as beautiful as the last, the colour scheme changing from gold to blue. Seated in three out of the four armchairs were what appeared to be three ordinary people. Spoiler! They were not ordinary. They smiled at me, revealing their long, sharp fangs. I smiled at them, revealing my normal human teeth. They were not threatened. They were waiting for something, but I wasn't entirely sure what. Fifteen minutes into our waiting game, and I was sure what. Some kind of rule or etiquette that I didn't know, because me being the idiot I am, didn't listen to Krellen. Ah, the speed in which one regrets moments. I, uh, I'm sorry, but if I'm supposed to do something, I'm not sure what it is. I, uh, thought I would, but I don't. The one on the end with the long hair, who eventually introduced herself as Sophie, began to laugh. The sound was as sweet as a bubble bursting, and then a rain of glitter. She laughed. I wanted to run my hands through her hair. It was as though... Oh, darling, she drooled, the corners of her mouth turning up in a smirk, her eyes glinting fiercely. You have no idea, but that's okay. We'll help you. Looking back, this should have been the clue that those words summed up the entire... I just... ugh. Her words sent shivers down my spine, especially as the other's mouth turned up into grins, full of mischief. And here's the thing. They weren't supernaturally beautiful, but at the same time, if they'd asked me to, I would have killed for them, literally. Sophie continued as she rose from the chair. First, we bear blood. And before I could move, Walter, the vampire seated in the middle, appeared beside me, ready for something. I wasn't sure what till a cut appeared on my arm and another on Sophie's. A precaution, she stated, as if that explained everything. Seeming satisfied, Walter moved back to her seat. Then you take the seat we have here for you, and then you pour tea. Starting with the person on your left, moving in a clockwise direction, pouring tea to each person and yourself last. And then the games may begin. She reached for my elbow as if to escort me before asking, may I? The words, if there were any, had fled my tongue. As I sat in the provided chair, as guided by Sophie, Walter began to speak, and then we introduced ourselves. Her voice was smooth but clipped, yet no less appealing, and once Sophie had returned to her chair, we did just that. To this moment, I'm not sure how I said my name. Elizabeth being the last to introduce herself. Now, we begin business. If Sophie and Walter had voices that had been beautiful, Elizabeth was an entire choral of angels singing, while being wrapped in the warmest hug. I shivered and Sophie rolled her eyes. They waited again, but this time I knew what I had to do. 
What do you know about stopping people from fading from existence? Can you help me? Why did you agree to meet with me? Sophie laughed again, sending more shivers tumbling down my spine. Darling, right now, you could get an audience from His Highness himself if you asked. Something told me, whoever His Highness was, he placed more importance on himself than the vampires did. You're the catch of the century. Sophie laughed as she examined my face. Oh, you have no clue. Blessed necromancers and their beliefs. You don't even know why you're so important. I blinked, opened my mouth to ask more, but Elizabeth simply silenced me with a wave of her hand and began to speak. Drink your tea, young one. We can help you, but... Drink your tea, young one. We can help you, and we will, but... This time, Sophie interrupted. Oh, I don't think she's done yet, sisters. I don't... Oh, this will be good. Shall we teach her a lesson? My stomach dropped, fear nodding itself in my veins and freezing them while speeding up my heart. It was then I remembered exactly how powerful vampires were. Everything froze, each muscle coming to a screaming halt as I willed them to move, even just a twitch. Madeline. This time it was not fear that kept me still, rather something else. The sinking in my gut said it all. Walter glanced me up and down, her lips curling in delight. We can't keep you or anything like that. We promised Krellen, but we can show you the power of names. Walter whispered, and I could hear her, because suddenly she was millimetres from my face. Dance, she breathed, and I did. My legs and arms moved of their own accord, spinning and twirling, as if they had a mind of their own, and I was dancing. I was dancing with each of them all by myself, and I danced for hours until the soles of my shoes broke and my feet turned to bloody messes. Finally, Elizabeth asked me to stop. I collapsed where I was. Sophie, still grinning, lifted me from the floor and placed me in my chair. Oh, that was marvellous. You have to dance for us again sometime. Suffice to say, I've now changed my name. Crowland helped me in the sense of... I raided her necromancy book, which I think she left at purpose in my hotel as kind of a safekeeping place. And I found a ritual. It was intense. We will help you, Elizabeth announced. I nodded. And I wasn't scared anymore. I was too tired to be scared, and honestly, I don't remember much after that point. I just remember us bearing blood again. And... Yeah... bearing blood again, and then I passed out. When I awoke, Sophie was grinning above me. I still have a lot of questions to ask them, but at that stage, I didn't have the energy. I just left. Even after all that, I'm going to return. They said they'd tell me about my special brand of abstract knowledge. Honestly, though, I think I'd struck the deal with them before I even stepped foot into that house. I think by the end, they were just playing with me. I need to learn more. I need to be better. I only found out I had made a deal on the way out, while talking with their son. He was impressed enough to talk. Why? I don't know. I asked him why he wasn't ageless like them. He replied he was. He just chose to look older. Apparently it was disarming, and that was what he was aiming for. I don't know why I passed out on the phone earlier. At a guess, leftover exhaustion, maybe something to do with my new tattoo. I don't know. I danced for days, literally.
The vampires were nice enough to do something to my motel room to keep it from forgetting me for a while. I think it has to do with our... Alliance? I need to do more research and sleep. Okay. I'm gonna go. Love you. Bye. Be safe. History as written by the Immortals The Forgotten Times History is not linear, nor are the developments within it. However, the universe, to create the effect of linearity, erases some pasts, presents and futures. As Immortals, we remember these erasures, and have now compiled a book that the universe regards as fiction, to catalogue them. We shall begin with the Three Kings, as time is not linear, and neither shall this book be. Chapter 1. The Three Kings and the Devastation of Earth Exist was produced by Mortality Works, directed and written by Ashley Thompson, assistant director Simone Beeson, edited by Simone Beeson, music by Tiana Allen, voice actors and characters, The Immortality Ledger, Willow Heather, and Poem were voiced by Tiana Allen, The Voice of Mortality Works was voiced by Simone Beeson. Erin was voiced by Jesse Burton. Alexander was voiced by Tristan O'Neill. Madeline Miller and History were voiced by Ashley Thompson. Crallon was voiced by Morgan Thompson. If you wish to support our continued existence, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download your favourite podcasts. Additionally, if you have the means, consider donating to our Patreon, Mortality Works. Need more proof of our existence? Come check us out at Mortality Works, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Hope you have a wonderful existence.